Welcome back to the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Boys in Green super fan, Mr. David Harris. <laughs> Cheers, well, Rangers win the league. Uh, I hate Celtic, so thanks for that. Sat there in his Rangers top, prompting the question from our guest, who I'll introduce in a minute. Do you actually own a blue shirt, or do you just have other teams' shirts? To go along with Dave's, of course, disgusting Arsenal one. And below him... This week, as opposed to he's on the right, is Sports Media's number one Joel Linton correspondent. Mr. Hello. How's it going? Come on. I didn't know if you were going to say it then. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like you just left it. Well, play play for the name on the front of the shirt, which is in and around pod, by the way. And they remember the name <laughs> on the back, eh, Mike? That's good. Hey, Dave. <laughs> don't fall asleep here this time. <laughs> oh, wait, mate. I'll be all right. Mike, because uh, we've got a bit of a packed show here, so um, get it out of the way. What's the Joel Linton report for me? Joel Linton report, Mike? <laughs> That's funny. Can't, can't help. Can't help. It's Chris Kamara. <laughs> He's looking around. Did Joel Linton not play? Maybe he didn't play. Maybe that's why Mike's so confused. Probably had, a, probably had a haircut again, let's be honest. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is Mike doing Chris Kamara or he's got technical difficulties. <laughs> Either way, this is very funny. And it's this is gold. Oh, he's... <laughs> right, so the Joel Inter report, ladies and gentlemen, so bad that Mike Brenton has left the call. Um, <laughs> just in case, let's move on to our, uh, our third guest. Um, our third guest. Well, we're all we're all Jesus guests, eh, Dave? Um, <laughs> is Mr. Henry Hodgson, or is he's known the League Two expert? Good evening. You're right. Yeah. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. Been better. <laughs> Just say the weekend's football didn't exactly pan out for Henry Hodgson, did it? In any yeah. league, perhaps. So, ladies and gentlemen, we um, invited last week. We were thinking it's been a while since we've had someone on the podcast. Oh, look, the Manchester Derby's coming up. So, we'll invite on um, Henry because he'll be able to give us the, uh, the lowdown on Man City's record breaking or record equaling, I don't know, 21 wins. In a row, and they'll obviously they're playing United, so it'll be 22 wins in a row. We'll get him on. We'll talk City. It'll be great. Fun. And then all of a sudden, yeah, how the tables have turned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, United winners two 0 at the Etihad. Um, in a shock result. Yeah, we'll go for a shock result. <laughs> Um, City's form snapped. Um, a pretty embarrassing performance from City. Uh, was it, Henry? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Just weren't on it, were they? I mean, it's going to happen at some point, and it just just happened yesterday, unfortunately. Does it hurt more than it happened against United? Of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> of course it does. So, if you were going to... In terms of in terms of the most hurt you've been when you've been playing United, um, obviously it's not, it's, it's Michael Owen being number one. It, Michael Owen being number one. How hurt are you? I mean, I'm not that hurt because 
we're going to be lifting the league trophy. I'm not that fan. at the end of the season. So, but I think the Rooney one with the overhead kick—that's the second worst. I was at Henry's that day. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I'm not sure I could do it. I'm not sure I could be there and and watch the. Like, I'm not sure I could do it. I certainly couldn't watch City Chelsea with you, Lodge. <laughs> it's bad no. enough having to text you when it's happening. <laughs> yeah. So the one time that we, one of the times that I wish I'd actually been there was when you'd actually gone away to the bridge, um, and we were texting. It was actually on my birthday, I think, and I'm sat there watching yeah. City Chelsea, and uh, we we took an early lead, and then Aguero scored an absolutely oh like an outrageous goal. strike. Um, but then in the last minute, the ball's played over the top, Mike. Hopeful ball. I think John Obi Mikel played it, which makes it all the funnier. <laughs> um, plays it over the top. It bounces. Joe Hart is already going, do soon, and he's running out. <laughs> Nastasic heads the ball over Joe Hart. Torres runs in, taps home. Take the lead. And all you heard was Torres. He scores what he wants for the next month. <laughs> I remember that goal. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful. But anyway, enough about annoying Henry and back to the actual game itself. So, City have been absolutely brilliant um, the last 21 games, as we've outlined, um, taking a commanding lead in the table. So this was a bit of a shock. Let's start with the team sheets because uh, I know Mike had quite a visceral reaction in our chat to the um, United team sheet being... Uh, Release, but Hodgson, what did you think of the team selection when you first saw it? When I saw the lineup, I thought it was great to be honest. Um, particularly you... United's <laughs> to Martial started, yeah, and then Martial had one of the games of his life, <laughs> he did. But no, Dan, Dan James put a good shift in actually, to be fair to him. Um, mm. he closes down well, which caused us a problem. Mm. Um, who else was there? That was. Was there any other starters? New starters from the to the from the fixture last week, Mike? Uh, pretty similar eleven, I guess. Henderson in in goals is kind of a talking point, and then yeah, yeah James James on the right, Martial up top. Other than that, it's pretty much as you'd expect. On from from a City perspective, were you surprised to see Jesus play up front? Were you surprised to see no Foden? Um, I was a bit, yeah. I was, yeah. I was pretty annoyed actually. I mean, yeah. phone's been dropped for the last few weeks actually, which I'm quite surprised at because the games where we did dominate and looked to be playing free flowing football going forward, he was at the heart of that quite a lot. Mm. Um, Jesus has come in. He's meant to be our go-to finisher. Um, but yeah, he's. I know <laughs> he is. Other than Aguero, who's obviously injured. Um, but he's just like, he's so indecisive, it hurts. Um. <laughs> there, there was one moment he wasn't indecisive. That was about 32 seconds in or something. Yeah. 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 Not a good start for him. Um, Mike, why were you slightly disappointed with the team selection when you first saw it? Uh, I think games like this, you kind of wanted to see Cavani in there. I, I think he was injured, so it's kind of a irrelevant anyway but it turned out Martial had a great game so fair play to him but the season he's been having 
it's not necessarily the fixture you want to drop him in there. You want Cavani, he's going to stay between the posts and cause Diaz and Stones some problems, both in the air and with his movement off the ball. And then you never like seeing Dan James in the starting 11. So you, you <laughs> right, never like everything. it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure opposition fans love to see it, but those are probably those are probably the main two. Henderson in for De Gea. I think we'll come to it later, but Henderson obviously had quite a good game. De Gea's away with his partner who's just given birth, so congratulations to them. But yeah, the main two was Martial and James for me, which I was a little worried by. Yeah. Worked out in the end, though. Yeah, I mean, firstly, again, congratulations to David De Gea. I'd be really worried handing him that baby on the form he's been on. Um <laughs> Dave, what did you think of the team selections? Were either of them? Uh, yeah, I thought City's team uh, was strong, to be honest, especially given Jesus had scored two in the game before. Um, yeah, it's pretty much exactly how I'd expect them to line up. Um, Man United, yeah, I was surprised to see Dan James. I know he's been playing well lately, but haven't really rated him, really, ever at United as a United player. And yeah, Martial's been pretty abject this season so I was surprised to see him at top to be yeah. honest McTominay Fred uh, usually don't like that pivot, pivot so thought, thought that could be a bit dodgy but proved me wrong yeah. Um. so I think we'll, we'll there were a couple of poor individual performances as it is time to touch on we've sort of half discussed it already with Gabriel Jesus if it, 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 I I mentioned this on our stream, which, by the way, if you want to keep up to it, that's when we stream twitch.tv slash in the round pod. Mike, is that right? That is correct, yeah. Look at that, look at that. It's free, drop us a follow. Yeah, yeah. Mike hosts there as well, so it's it's less chaotic. Um, So, Hodgson, obviously, Gabriel Jesus is sort of, I think he's been at City now, it feels like, for 25 years. But he's always been in that in that sort of understudy role to Aguero. Um, yeah. With Aguero's injuries and obviously his contract's running down, it's felt like a big season for him, and it's felt like uh, in this particular felt like a big game for him. What have you made? What did you make of him this season? Before this game, um, this season, I mean, he's had a good a role to play in the team, and it's it's not the way Aguero plays. I don't think any player can really fill his shoes, and I think what Pep's tried to get out of him is his work rate up front, pressing the ball coming back when he can. Almost, like I said earlier, before the pod, it's kind of what Jurgen Klopp wants to get out of Firmino. Into, that's what Pep wants to get out of Jesus for us. Because he, let's be honest, he's not the most clinical finisher. When he does get in those one-on-one situations, he seems to panic. He always looks to try and pass it. And if he does shoot, he either goes wide or it's straight down the keeper's throat. Um but I, I do quite like him, to be honest. I, I don't mind him as an overall player. I think he does add quite a lot to the squad. When he gets the ball, you know, he can turn the opposition quickly, get out of sticky situations and then play the wingers in. Yeah. Um, but I think as an out-and-out finisher, he needs to work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, you get the, as mentioned, big game for him. You, get the, you got the sense in this one that perhaps... Um, he was rushing things because he might have been a bit nervous, particularly with the pen. What did you think of him? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it started off as poorly as you could hope anyone to to play. I mean, I don't know why he's making that tackle, really. Um, 
wasn't yeah, I didn't even think Martial was massively in position to to shoot even and he's throwing his foot in when he's just never gonna win the ball there. Um I think the way Jesus was sort of trying to work so hard, I felt like the whole game he was trying extra hard to make up for that mistake. And I think that actually hindered City going forward. He was always looking to be an option, even if he wasn't really the best of options. Like he kept overlapping Sterling. I'm like, is, is there really any point you doing that? <laughs> to be honest. Um, and yeah, like Henry says, uh, with his finishing, you always worry. And I, I think he never really arrives in the box in a way that you'd hope a number nine arrives in the box. Mm-hmm. Just never really shown for crosses or anything. And yeah, well, we saw a lot of that yesterday. I thought he was never really in there, was he? No, just touching on his finishing for a second. Like, he's, I mean, it, it was last year where I think you going off XG, he'd underperformed it by like seven goals. Mm-hmm. And the year before was like five. So I think he's doing better this year without checking them. But I think he's certainly not what, you, what we would say is like, the premium clinical number nine that we've been used to with Aguero. Mm-hmm. Um, Hudson, if you go into next season with Jesus being your number one forward, are you a little not worried because you can't be worried about a city team with Mara's, can you? But are you a little bit are you a little <laughs> bit sort of apprehensive about City perhaps being challengers for the Champions League, for example? Um it's hard to say. I mean, it depends how often he's gonna start because if you've looked at the games where surprisingly we've dominated this year we've adapted our formation into a false nine where perhaps De Bruyne has played um, there up front, up top or Foden's shifted inside Sterling's often shifted inside so you know there's a lot of rotation that happens in the squad even when you watch them um, week in week out to be honest players shift all over the place so I don't think if Jesus was on you know out and out striker on paper. I don't think he would play in that position all the time. Mm. Okay. But I, I know what you're saying. I would like City to go and buy a striker in the summer yeah. because if we had to rely on him for goals, I think yeah, we'd struggle. Yeah, I'm polite. Long. I'm politely saying he's shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, um, given the role that Hodgson has just um, so eloquently described for City's. Um, Number nine has been someone who needs to drop deep and link with the far better players on the wing, such as the the majestical Mara. And a lot of the talk's been about someone like Haaland, but given that he's still obviously a a bit of a a rough diamond in terms of his all-around game, is he what City need, really? Uh, Not necessarily exactly what City need right now, but Henry mentioned... They've played with a false nine. They're playing different systems. If you buy Haaland, you know he's going to score goals. That's one thing you know he's going to do. So you can, Pep, I'm sure, can craft a system where De Bruyne, Mares, Sterling, Foden, Gundogan are creating chances for Haaland, even if Haaland's link-up play isn't necessarily as good as Jesus or even Aguero's right now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Pep could come up with a way to get him in the game. I do think Haaland's link play is actually a little bit underrated. Yeah. Just because of how good he is at scoring, just scoring goals. But, yeah. I mean, if City by Haaland, good yeah. grief. 
is it is it a case of a bit of the the Romelu Lukaku's touch is really bad, forgetting that Romelu Lukaku is what three hundred league goals by the time he's twenty six. Yeah. Is it one of those yeah. situations? Yeah. I think yeah. potentially. The, yeah. you, you're trying to find something that Haaland can't do well, so the the link play has been picked up. But it's still not terrible. It's not yeah. necessarily polished, but he's only 20. Now, as as the world-leading um, proponent of Spurs getting relegated, um, I've long been a fan of the fit of Harry Kane in this City team, just because I feel like, particularly with that level of playmaking, that he's certainly gone to the next level this season in terms of finding runners, like you've seen the, the lethal partnership he's formed with Son. I just think, come on, City. Do it for all of us. 200 yeah. million. Get Harry Kane. An extra 200 million. Buy him some new ankles. It's perfect. Tottenham get relegated and we all win. As much as a dislike it would be a nice fit, that, I think. Dave, is is it the missing link for City, this really clinical number nine? Because when... Uh, I was thinking earlier, when's the last time that a team without a really, really top number nine won the Champions League? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think... They've proven in the Premier League they can get away with it, but I think for the Champions League especially, to mount a challenge there, uh, they really do need like an out-and-out striker, uh, and Jesus definitely isn't that. Yeah, I mean, you're bang on. I think when you think of teams that win the Champions League, they always have someone, yeah, you'd say is a top, top player through the middle, like Lewandowski at Bayern, for example. Um even, yeah, like when you even look back at the Champions League, pretty much everyone has like a star striker who who yeah. scores quite a few goals. Or um, even a wide forward that can get you like 40 goals a season, like Salah and Ronaldo. So you take yeah, Marine, for For me, no, probably aren't your most mm-hmm. clinical of number nine. Yeah. But. Neymar at Barca as well. Yeah. I mean, he. He had a little player called Lionel Messi and Suarez. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Neymar that season was outrageous. Ooh. He's got like, what, 12 was, yeah. goals in the Champions League? Yeah, he, was. he was. He was excellent. Um, anyway, that'll, that's enough on City's number nine. But please, Pep, uh, let's get Spurs relegated. Um, let's go back to um, sort of their big hope at the moment. Um, the big player, Mr. Uh, Swindon away himself, Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> Um, so, it wasn't a great performance from him. I mean, Swindon away, the worst Kevin De Bruyne performance there's ever been. But, um, Hodgson, what did you make of it here? Did you feel like he was trying too hard? Yeah, he just, he just had one of those games, to be honest, Will. He just didn't get going. He, yeah. couldn't, get, he couldn't get a grip of the game at all, um, which was odd to see. Um I think McTominay and Fred handled him quite well in the midfield, to be honest. Yeah. He couldn't really get much going, couldn't really find much space. But all in all, he just he just had one of those games. I think that the whole team did, to be honest. Yeah, but Kevin De Bruyne is crap. So. Well, that's what I mean. Um, when Kevin's not performing, he's the heart of the team, isn't he? So. Um, has there been a bit? Obviously, he's had an, he's had a few injury problems this season. Um, but when he has been there, Mike, I get the sense he's not exerting the same level of influence he exerted on this City team last year. Uh, that, that, I don't know. He's still picking up a lot of goals and assists. I don't know. Is he Henry, Henry might be a better. I don't know. Is he not? I think he's been as good as he was last year when he's been fit, to be fair. Whenever may, I watch him, may, I, I feel like yeah. he's been playing pretty well. But 
I don't watch him that often. I mean, I don't so. think he had a game like he did yesterday, last season, though, to be honest. Yeah. And to be fair, when he was out and Gundogan came into his role, he performed excellently and we still powered through. And that, um, so. and that leads us on to our first question of the week. There we uh, go. Right, Come on. It? Hit the klaxon. <laughs> the, question is, the question is from Darren, who asked a very simple question. Are City better without Kevin De Bruyne? And then no. he follows that up with wait, which is interesting. Um, and the points he's making here, it's a very long text, I won't bother reading it all. It says essentially that you look at the run that they went on with Gundogan in the De Bruyne role, um, and then you sort of look at the fact that City won the league. When they last won the league, De Bruyne obviously missed a whole chunk of that season due to injury. Um, and he's just asking. Perhaps, in a way, is the star like quality of De Bruyne mean that they they do less good things as a team and they're easier to work out because you can sort of focus on the way you're shaking your head, Henry. You don't seem to agree with this. No, I don't agree at all. No. Why not? Why? Because I think if you had Gundogan for the course of the season, the whole season, and De Bruyne for the whole season, he De Bruyne would have a bigger impact than Gundogan would. He's but a better what? player. But what about the season where they won the league title without him? They're a good team without him. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we're a bad team without him. But he was PFA Player of the Year last year. Undeservedly. Any team with him in it is better, surely. Dave. Yeah, people for some reason think De Bruyne is having a bad season. He's got 11 assists in 22 games. Only Harry Kane's got more assists than him this season. Here we go. He's still he's still finding the passes uh, and creating chances, which is I, I do think that maybe he's not at the top of his game, but maybe it's because De Bruyne has been so so good, especially last year, that you just expect him to be this all conquering player, and sometimes he's not that. Well, there's certainly been a regression in his goal scoring. He's yeah, three, three, well, like three you goals, say, he's come yeah. back from injury. He's not just going to come back into the team and. True. Be firing straight away. Got three goals compared to 14 last year. Interestingly enough, the XG is exactly the same year on year, both 8.3. Yeah. So he's having a bad finishing season. But um, well, I would just on Darren's question, I think he is potentially onto a little bit of something. Yes, come on! Spend <laughs> it away! <laughs> I love De Bruyne. That's been that's been clear on this podcast. But they played really well, really well without him. I know Gundogan went quite hot during that time, but you when Kevin's not there, like in this game, he he played with Gundogan alongside him, Rodri behind. You've basically got two eights wanting to do the same thing, but they neither of them can really flourish while the other ones are also on the pitch. But how yeah. could you drop either of them? No. After what Gundogan did before and what we know Kev can do, yeah. I don't know how you can drop either of them. So you have to play them. But they kind of want to be in the same pockets of space and do the yeah. similar sorts of things, if that makes sense. So when like when Kev's not there, or Gundogan, for example, you bring Foden in and he's taken up different pockets to what 
the one you're leaving out would have taken up. I don't know if this is making any sense, but no, I know what you mean. I, think, I get what you also, mean. Also, with De Bruyne in the side, Bernardo Silva's been left out. I don't know why yeah, he was left he, out yesterday, and he was he was on fire to be honest yeah. with you when De Bruyne was injured. I don't, so, is he injured? Is he injured now? I'm not sure. I don't know why he wasn't playing yesterday. Um, was he leaving the squad? I believe he tweeted something unfortunate at um <laughs> Monday. <laughs> he, he was in the squad, so I'm guessing he wasn't injured. Yeah, again, he maybe he should have come on yesterday. Yeah. Piers Morgan just turned up outside his uh his house with a fishing rod, the chicken. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, moving on. But it is a it is a point that perhaps it's not a case of De Bruyne, like we say, or whether it's just a case of they trying to fit. Um, you've got one square peg that you need to get into this one square hole, and you're trying to put the other square peg in another round hole. Because certainly you saw it with City with Silver, is that when Sterling plays on the left and Amares plays on the right, you always have this tendency to cut inside. Yeah. And particularly on the left, where Zinchenko isn't a natural overlapping fullback in the mm-hmm. vein of some of City's other left backs, like like Kolarov, for example, you lack that width out there when you haven't got a natural left footer in that three eight role. Yeah. Yeah, but for what it's worth, Darren, I completely agree with you there. Man City are better off not having someone who dropped a clanger and swinging away. <laughs> um. Let's talk about the defence, which has been so secure all season. Bit of an off day yesterday because it felt like um, City have been so good. They were good in the first half, <clears throat> dealing with the counter-attack. But yesterday, United kept springing traps for them. Mm. And John Stones had a good game, but Cancelo perhaps showed a little bit of naivety defensively. Henry, what did you make of that battle out wide of Rashford and Cancelo? Yeah, I think even Luke Shaw, to be honest. Had him in absolute no man's land. Um, the time he was on, I think it was seventy minutes, probably. Yeah. Um, like you say, they pressed well. They closed the space as well. They didn't give City chance to think in terms of lay the ball off. Um, and yeah, caused caused some problems. I mean, Cancelo, he he does faff about with the ball sometimes in positions he shouldn't. Um, and when he did against United yesterday, it cost him because they were on him like a rash. Mm. <clears throat> um, and Luke Shane, but sorry, Luke Shane. <laughs> it is a shame that he played well yesterday. But oh, there we go. <laughs> that, uh, now we're bonded. <laughs> but no, Luke Shaw had one of the games of his life. I think yesterday played superb. Um, I hold my hands up. I'm one of his biggest critics. Um, and he absolutely, it pains me to say this, he <laughs> absolutely rinsed us yesterday. Um, Pep, when he introduced Carl Walker, he settled down a bit. Um, didn't really get into spaces as much, but yeah, just some individual performances yesterday weren't up to up to scratch. Luckily, Mara's was on sock. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, question. Because obviously we know that City's ultimate goal is Champions League. They've they've won the league now. We're going to keep winning it because that's what we do. But Champions League is the ultimate goal and it's what Pep's going to be judged on. Um, looking at that back four a few weeks ago, we asked the question of how is a back, how is a back four that contains John Stones, Zinchenko and Cancelo this good defensively? 
thinking about the teams they'd have to beat to win the Champions League, so particularly with good wingers like Bayern and Mbappe over at PSG, are you slightly worried that City's defence perhaps doesn't have the complete defensive nous to really handle some of the, the better attacks you're going to be seeing late Champions League? It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, we, we talked about it before, that three of the four are not actually good defenders <laughs> as far as their actual defending goes. We like Diaz. Laporte's still around, so you can always stick him at, at left-back if you're worried about Zinchenko, to be fair. He, he could do a job there. You want to play Laporte at left-back? Left he's played at left-back a few that. times. He's done really? that already this season. Yeah, he's played well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he has. I don't know why he's oh, slow, man. I can't. But he has done it a couple of times. I can't wait for Pep to pull that out in the quarterfinals against like an easy, <laughs> like, I don't know, Leon or Mark. You know he's going to do it. Yeah, well, he overthinks he's going to play him up right. That's, that's interesting. I'm surprised, like Dave says, I wouldn't think he'd have the verticality of going up and down the field to play a left back. Well, no, but if you're worried about the defending, that's that's an option, isn't it? Because you can just sit in there. It is, yeah. Another option. But yeah, yeah I mean. You probably you probably don't want to do that in reality. So you've got Walker, Stones, Diaz, Zinchenko. It's probably your four. It it would concern me a little bit coming up against the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, Sane, even at Bayern if he's fit. I don't know if he is or not. Or the revenge game. Yeah, that, <laughs> no. That please, would be, uh, please, Champions nasty, League. wouldn't it? I think City have got a good chance because I think some of the. Well, plenty of the teams in the Champions League this year are weaker, but defence is where you're concerned, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. You're not this. Which year. has been so good this year. That's been their strength. So it's funny to say that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about City in terms of uh, the bit of a tweak mid-game because they didn't really, other than like a few moments of. Joking aside, Mares' individual quality up against Luke Shaw in the mm. first half wasn't a ton of chances, was there? I mean, I can, there was a Gundogan snapshot, I remember. Um, but then that sort of changed a bit later on when Walker came on and Foden came on and you had the real width of the left foot on the left and then you had the overlapping of Walker. and There was a good chance for Sterling. Um Henry, what I want to know is, why does Pep insist on having everybody cut inside? Everywhere on his... Everywhere on the pitch. Yeah. And do you ever just scream at the TV screen saying, somebody get to a byline? Yeah, I do. Because it restricts... It, it restricts what you have on as a player sometimes. Um like you say, when Foden came on, he ha- came out wide, managed to find space, and that drags defenders over and creates pockets in the middle. Um, in fact, when he came on, he had a few good chances. Um, to be honest, Sterling is the one player at the moment that's been terrible for, for cutting inside and doing nothing with the ball. He has been so tentative in front of goal. His decision-making has just been terrible, yet pet. Is it? I think he's the first name on the team sheet. You know, he's the know most, You know, he's the most selected player by Guardiola in his entire managerial history. There you go. No one's played first, more games for Guardiola than Raheem Sterling. There you go. He's the first name on the team sheet every week, and when you watch a full ninety minutes, 
I mean, I was screaming at half time to get him off. There was one overlap where all he had to do was slide someone in and he just booted it out for a goal kick. I think that was first time. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, it was shocking. That was shocking. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, he has his moments. Wrong. He's a good player, obviously, but he's just been so frustrating to watch. He's a weird moment. player, Sterling. Statistically, yeah. he's great every season, but you watch him and most of the time he doesn't seem good. Would the three of you play him for England at the Euros in the starting line? I know Southgate's going to, so yeah. Not, not what he's going to do, but would you? Um, I suppose he's got that mentality of winning big games, so he won't feel the pressure as much I mean, as perhaps some others. Apart from this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, not but, on current I mean, form, probably not, to be honest. No. I, don't, I don't think I'd put him in. Who have you got on the wings? Yeah, that's my only problem, though. I was trying to think who I'd have instead. Is it Grealish uh, and Sancho? I, I would put Grealish and Sancho with Foden in the middle. Maybe, right. maybe Rashford could play wide left. Would you play Foden game, over Grealish? Uh, for what it's worth. No. Absolutely not. No, and Grealish, like Phil Foden. Grealish over Foden. I'm also playing three in midfield because our centre-backs terrify me, but there you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do well at the Euros. We've got Harry Maguire back there. But it was a good performance for United's <laughs> defence. Look at that segue. Um, Dave, United's defence, been a bit comical at times. Yeah. <laughs> particularly Harry Maguire. At best. And, and Maguire Lindelof has been one of those partnerships that every time you see it, you think, oh my life, what is going every on? Every time I see it, well, I think, what's Eric Bailly done wrong to get dropped this time? Because he's been their best centre back, I think. He's got every injury under the sun. He's probably out at the moment for breaking his hymen. But, Dave, what do you think? What did you think of this performance in this game in terms of this resilience? Uh, yeah, I thought they were, they were pretty good. Um, I thought they. Yeah, they sort of just held the line, really. Held the shape. It's back four. I thought they did quite well to... Yeah, like, Maguire didn't really go marauding. And Harry Maguire goes marauding a lot. Uh, yeah. He was clearly told not to do that. And I think it made a huge difference. Um, although, saying that, there were still a couple of times they got caught. Um, there was one in the first half where... Uh, I think Jesus had a chance, basically, just because Harry Maguire just probably thinking about having a fight in Greece again, just lost his man. But lost his man like you've lost this point, um, Mike. Often in <laughs> often in big games, we, uh... I don't I don't like talking about Man United's defence other than Wan-Bissaka's brilliant at defending and Luke Shaw's playing the football of his life. I don't care what goes on in the middle because I don't like any of them. Fair enough. Fair enough, like a reverse Michael Jackson. Um, Mike, obviously in these um, these big games, Ollie likes to bring a tactical surprise or two. Did some interesting stuff in this one that really set the tone, didn't it? Yeah, the um, I, I assume you're talking about McTominay and Fred. I am. Uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same. <clears throat> no, probably smart. So yeah, so those two normally. Normally, with defensive midfielders, you'd expect them to be quite close together, protecting the back four. Um, obviously, De Bruyne and Gundogan, as we mentioned earlier, want to find pockets of space, usually a little wider, mm-hmm. so they can they can fire the crosses in. You, you can picture it yourself, De Bruyne on the right, find some space. Spamming crosses. 
corner of the box. You've seen it before, crossing it in. So, so Ollie set out obviously to uh, counter that by putting McTominay on uh, Gundogan. Fred stuck with De Bruyne, and they weren't too bothered about staying close together because I'm, I'm guessing they figured that Rodri was not going to carry the ball through the middle of them, which he wasn't going to. <laughs> so that never happened. But yeah, it, it worked really well. Uh, and it was actually, it was a genuine 4-2-3-1, even out of possession. Mm-hmm. Um, because Fred and McTominay sat on the eights, the two eights of City. Obviously, you've got Sterling and Mares. Sterling got nothing out of Wan-Bissaka. Absolutely no, nothing, no, nothing out of Wan-Bissaka. Shaw had a bit of a... He was fortunate in the first half a little bit. Mares had a good first half. A good first um, half? God. <laughs> oh, it took me back, mate. Do you remember when Messi scored five against Leverkusen? I thought we were going to Majestic, I would describe it as, but go on. Majestic, right. But yeah, managed to keep keep them at bay in the first half. Shaw had a much better second half, obviously, including the goal. Mm. And yeah, the tactical system worked. City didn't seem to have much of an answer until the Walker change and then Foden coming on as well. Uh, but it was a bit late, 70 odd minutes to make that change. Will, Will, I know on the stream, was calling for it from about 55. So, I was, yeah. Pep, if you if you need any help on the sidelines, Pep. Yeah, like get me down there. Just Will's get me down available. there. Get me down there for the two games against Chelsea a season, and I will deliver some just high quality J5 sledging. Like, will. Yeah. Like, because you imagine Pep, Pep's there and he's thinking, I'm just saying a hoodie. I'm like, oh, J5. <laughs> just like hitting the password enough so it actually reaches the man you prick um, <laughs> anyway Hodgson um, are you ta- are you sick of the, the sight of Aaron Wambasaka? I mean he had a good game yesterday didn't he um, but where, there's Foden, one person who is I mean Foden Foden I think got past him a few times when he came on so he didn't, he didn't do all that great Sterling has never had a good game against Wambasaka. I don't think he has. He had him in his pocket. To be fair to him, he played really well. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's interesting. Um, I guess in terms of big shocks on the day, in terms of performance, because I understood Dan James starting. I don't think Dan James particularly did that well. Um, no. I did think, and I hate Anthony Martial. Not the person. I hate him as a footballer. He's just, I just don't think he's particularly good. However, yesterday he was absolutely superb. And he was sort of like, it was interesting watching him and Jesus because they were both starting <clears throat> in terms of it. And they were both involved and linking the play. And it was a it was a really nice, almost like a false nine performance from Martial. Mike, bit of a redemption story. La Remontada. As people say, <laughs> a little bit. That was that was Martial at his best, and that's what you know that he can produce. Which is why it's so frustrating when the rest of the season he just he just looks so disinterested. In this game, he's turning his man, linking up play really well, just shrugging off anyone who's trying to tackle him. And these are the things that you just want to see week in, week out, because you know he's got it in his locker. Mm. Where when he's on like this. He is hard to defend against. I know it was a stupid tackle for the penalty from Jesus. But if we just want him to produce more like that. 
he was he was a focal point up top, which I didn't think he could be. Mm. That's why I wanted Cavani in there. He linked it nicely, as we've said, to Rashford, Fernandez. Uh, I guess a little bit to Dan James. James is more of just a workhorse out out wide. But yeah, his best performance of the season. Hopefully the start of something because I have him on fantasy football. So we're really hoping Martial. We start banging him in. He's an outsider when you watch him. Like you say, yesterday, he had... It just shows what he's capable of, but he just, sometimes he looks like he doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is with him. That that works against him as well because you think people get the impression he's not trying and whatever because that's yeah. that's what he looks like, which I'm sure isn't the case. But that's what it comes across to people as that he's not interested, and it does look like that. You're right. Sometimes. In terms him him Özil and Havertz <clears throat> have this ability to um, you look at them and you think you're not trying. Where when you actually look into the numbers, for example, you take Havertz, he's like ridiculously high in PPDA and he actually really does work and he really, his off-ball movement's so good, but he just has this languid style and, and Martial has, just has this languid style. He obviously missed a big chance. Dave, talk, we talked about City's number nine. Yeah. If you're United, you've got your big mega bucks. Mm-hmm. You've got your whatever amount in the bank. Your debt's up, but who cares? We Manchester. <laughs> um, what strikers are you sniffing around to purchase in the summer? Well, I mean, again, Haaland has to be top of anyone's list. I think. Just, uh, I mean, I'd say Mbappe, but I don't think anyone. I don't think he'd go to Man United. I don't know. It's more with Mbappe. You just know it's going to be such an astronomical cost, and then his wages. Whereas Haaland has a release of 60 million, so it's a lot more realistic that someone signs him. I think Holland's this good at 20. Imagine how good he could be in a few years, even. Um, and Man United with a reliable striker, with someone like Bruno behind them, it could be pretty fun to watch, to be honest. I'll tell you what, they do sign Mbappe and they don't announce him with him wearing a bucket hat in the middle of a, <laughs> middle of a rave. Thinking a a can, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. Can a red stripe? Can a red stripe? That's what I was looking for. I'm headed. Oh god, it's a long lockdown. Um, last question on United. Well, the game itself, commanding performance for Dean Henderson. Um, his distribu- his quick thinking and distribution created the second goal. Has the time come, ladies and gentlemen, for us to move on from David de Gea and? Well, usher in the Dean Henderson era. Henry, you're nodding your head. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, he's had his chances this season. He's had so many blunders over the last two years. You're talking De Gea? Uh, yeah, De Gea. I'm on about, sorry, yeah. Um, but I think Dean Henderson warrants his chance in the first team. He proved his worth yesterday. So, mm-hmm. he can handle the pressure in big games. His distribution for Luke Shaw's goal was superb. You know, he's... He looks the real deal. Mm-hmm. Mr. David Harris. Yeah, I, I think De Gea's time's up, really. He's made so many mistakes, proven time and time again now that he's not reliable. Um, like, he puts a run together of games where you think this is David De Gea of old, and then it's <clears> horrific <throat> blunders. Like, it's not even small mistakes. It's It really is schoolboy stuff that he's thrown out sometimes. Uh, Henderson definitely deserves a chance. 
was great for Sheffield United and look how bad they are without him. I think he, him not being there and having a keeper like Ramsdale makes a difference. His distribution is so good and Man United with those quick players at top I think could benefit for someone who has smarter distribution than De Gea. And Henderson ultimately, he seems a good shot stopper. So I think it's time to just let him have his chances, number one. I think mm. it's his time. Mike, you ready to say goodbye to Dave Saves? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it is. I mean, I don't I don't want to just jump on one performance. It was a good performance, yeah. But I do think Henderson needs a run of 10, 12, 15 to the end of the season. See what he's got, and then you can decide from there. Because remember, De Gea is the he's the he's the top paid Spanish player in the in the world. He's the top paid goalkeeper in the world. So we we even if we want to get rid of him, where's he gonna? He can't go anywhere. Well, mm. I mean, yeah. That that's the only difficult part of the situation. Has he recently signed a deal as well? I yeah, think it's, like, I think it's a relatively long deal. Yeah. Interesting yeah. enough, is he still the most paid um, keeper in world football after he um, drops half his wages after it's handed to him? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, did uh, I just freeze that? Apologies. Uh, no, it's all right, Dave. We'll keep it's that. Twenty 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 three. It is. Twenty twenty three. Oh, days have been frozen for that long. Oh, um, hopefully, hopefully, I might be able to go outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blues will be in uh, the Vanarama Conference by then. Um, <laughs> Impossible. We can only afford to lead two in that time frame. Oh, can we? Can you? Oh, so that's yeah. it. Christ. Oh, I don't want to be any of blues. Um, interestingly enough, Dave, we're going to come Let to me. you because you're it. What do you think of? Dean Henderson's um, claim to the number one jersey for England at the Euros. What do you think of that? I don't think he's played enough games. I've, I don't think you can take that away from Nick Pope. Nick but Pope's Nick been Pope playing well. Sorry? Does Nick Pope actually have the number one shirt? Well, no, because Southgate loves Pickford for some reason. But surely if someone's replacing Pickford, it has to be Nick Pope. Should be Nick, Pope Pope's, yeah. Nick Pope's kept nine clean sheets this season in a Burnley team that... <clears throat> for a lot of the season, looked lost at sea, to be honest. He's still he's still putting up great performances. He's playing every game. I don't think I don't think you can not give him the opportunity over someone who's played... Henderson's played, what, five league games this season? So far? But at if, most, he's but, but there's good, if, if he plays the rest of the games for United and he plays well, Pope has one wobble in that time, let's say. Does Pope but Pope's even been great, but Pope's been great for like four seasons. Yeah, Pope's yeah, you might be right. number one. But, but, Pope's, but Pope's been bad with his feet for his, his entire career. Yeah, that's why. He's yeah, I agree with that. If, you, if you're going to play, as we assume Southgate is going to play, which is similar to last World Cup where they tried to dominate possession, Nick Pope Definitely. is not the way to go for that. Now, Jordan Pickford, better at distributing the ball, but has got... Um, has got hands like potato waffles, so you can't really play him at the World Cup. <laughs> but harsh so, waffles, they can be sturdy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they let things through, don't they? Um, <laughs> but Dean Henderson's almost like the best of both worlds, isn't he? In a in a sense that he's a good if, shot. If it, yeah, if if you're not giving a run, give him a run, he pans out. Yeah. You're right, Will. Best of both worlds in that he can save things and he can use his feet too. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I just feel Nick Pope a bit harsh on him just for his performances, but 
Yeah, it would probably make sense. It's the national team. You want to, look. Nick I'm Pope. just saying from a footballing you point play... of view, Henderson would make sense. Yeah, well, Nick Pope can go to the Six Nations because that's what they're playing up there in Burnley. Christ, I had a terrible segue, which was going to be from, from Dave Says to Clean Dean, and then I realised it sounded like a, a sexual health clinic, so we won't do that. Um, let's, look, <laughs> let's move slightly beyond this game. Obviously... Oh, United have been on a terrible run since um, Paul Pogba got injured. Um, I think they, they it was a win against <laughs> Newcastle was their only other win since Paul Pogba got injured. Obviously missing his penetrating passes from deep. But after they've got this, they've got seem to have got through some of their tougher fixtures. They've they played, got a draw away at Chelsea, one away at City. Um, Mike, are you feeling more confident about the top four than you were, say, like a week and a half ago? Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, this this is a huge three points. I think going into this game, I would have taken the, a draw to be honest. Maybe not a nil nil. Point to where like big rival. Game. Oh come oh, on, no. man! Oh no! But yeah, the the run of games <laughs> coming up is going to be is going to be key for us. Um, we've got Milan obviously in the Europa League twice in the next two weeks. West Ham and Leicester. So you get through that with hopefully through in the Europa League and maybe three or four points out of the West Ham and Leicester games, I think you've got a pretty good shot then. Imagine telling you a year ago that you were looking at West Ham and Leicester. West Ham. And Leicester thinking, God, that's a tough rip. Um I'm, I'm thinking the home game to West Ham, yeah. We, we might draw that. <laughs> Lingard can't play, so there you are. It's half their threat gone. Dave, oh, are you more confident about um, United's top four hopes? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, Man City look still look runaway team of the league. If you've you've beaten them, I think that must surely give them a lot of confidence. Um, and yeah, I think, I think they've definitely got enough in them to to get top four. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want them to finish second, but who knows? I think they'll, I think they'll win. Not win, Jesus Christ! I think they'll come top four. <laughs> They're not going to win top four. They'll come top four. They're winning top four. They're getting that trophy that Arsene Wenger used to like every year. Um, Hodgson, I'm not going to ask you if you are confident that City are going to win the league because you've already indicated you're confident. And to be honest, <laughs> you're possibly the most irrationally confident person I've ever met when it comes to their team. Let's not forget that this is the man who thought Stephen Ireland was better than Frank Lampard. Um, what a player. Don't talk about Stephen Ireland like this, please. Not on the yeah, Michael, Michael Johnson was an injury away from being a generational midfielder, if you ask Honestly, he was. Mate, it's fantastic. The world was his oyster. Jesus Christ. I was just thinking, as, as I was listening to Henry defend Gary Jesus earlier, I was thinking, where was this for Joe? Where was what? this for Joe? Felipe, so- Felipe Saucedo, where was his defence? Yeah, where was his defence? Oh, he lives offside, that man. Yeah. Um, what, Michael so, Johnson down the park? Casado. <laughs> forgetting about the league, obviously, City fans are big fans are saying the quadruple's still on and domestically they'll probably sweep everything again because that's the type of team they are but are you fine are you confident that this might be the year that you finally get the upper echelons of the Champions League maybe win it or maybe even just reach a semi-final for the first time since Pellegrini was in charge um, I think 
yeah, semi-finals are definitely um, a possibility. Um, I, I don't want to say we've got, we've, we've got a good chance of winning it because I know what we're like in the competition. Yeah. Um, you never know what Pep's going to do on the night with our teams. So Yeah, so Pep's going to play um, Mendy as a false uh, or something. Looking at... <laughs> Looking at what's happened this season, it's been topsy-turvy and City have been pretty dominant um, in English football so far. So you'd like to think they'd be able to carry that um, overseas, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if, if we get Bayern in the final, if we if we get them in a two-legger, we're in trouble. But I think if we meet Bayern in the final, I think we'll give them a good game in a one-off fixture. Interesting. Um, Mike, I need two yeah. things from you. Firstly, I need you to give me the Joel Linton report after you, you logged <laughs> off the call in anger at being asked to give it earlier. No, I, I'm, I'm still fuming. Okay, all right. We're not having it this week. Okay, fair no, no. It was a nil-nil draw at West Brom. Joel Linton, not his, not his best day. It's fair to say. <laughs> Did he ever? I don't think it was anyone's best day. Actually, I'd, I'd like enough, to point out. Oddly enough, on the card, I've got that it was one of his better days. Um, can I have the intro for Mr. Harris's segment, please? Yeah, it's David's stat of the week. That's stat of the week, not to be confused with stat of the stream. David's new segment on our in and around streams. Dave, take it away. That, he was actually there for that, which was good. Yeah. Th- thanks for that, Mike. The, that and intro gets better every week. Just, just gonna say. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a Manchester derby-related stat, but it's one that everyone's gonna enjoy. Wigan won on Saturday, and with that win, means that Liverpool are actually the team with the fewest home points of any team in England's top four divisions. Twenty twenty one is set ninety second of ninety two for home form this year. We love that. We love, we love that. That's the best. And Wazak of the week is also going to a Liverpool player. It's going to Andy Robertson, who in the aftermath of Chelsea beating them one 0 on Thursday night, in fact. Chelsea have dominated the entirety of Scouse land this week, so take that <laughs> off the line, Scouse. Um, and the mighty Fulham beaten as well. Yeah, oh, and the yes. mighty Fulham. Come on, Westland. Yeah, can't take him down. Scott Parker's uh, releasing an indie hit about that win as we speak. Um, Andy Robertson, after the game, said, all these bad teams come here and win. Andy, you're the bad team. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um, bad teams, every week Mike and Henry get together as a team and they uh, they record a podcast. They record a podcast on a Friday, and uh, a few weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen, they take it to call themselves the League Two Experts. Now, now, um, since then it's been a it's been a whirlwind over there. But I particularly enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to listen to this week's episode, it's on this feed. It's handily titled the betting podcast um and this week the two of them picked the same team as one of their picks for the first time in the history of the show so i thought in this momentous occasion i would i would ask them to take the floor and to tell you all how they got on how did ipswich get on lads <laughs> oh that's very kind of you will yeah cheers for that mate but how did they go on yeah, we they picked lost. Ipswich. God knows why. Uh, they lost 3-1 to Gillingham. To be yeah. fair, it, it wasn't a horrendous prediction. No, no, no. 
we won't... But it's worth pointing out that that wasn't in League Two, so... Yeah, that's true, that's true. The League Two record for the League Two experts continues um, blemished, but carrying on. Like a soldier who's lost a leg. Um, interestingly, <laughs> if he's I'll... lost a leg, them in the other leagues got obliterated into millions of pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I shan't tell you how. I shan't. We'll, I'll leave it to the Friday episode for you to update all the people as, as to how you got on in the last weekend, but I'll give you a clue. It wasn't good. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as you think. How bad is it? <laughs> well. Out of four? I was pretty much you... even. Hodge was down a little bit, I think. Not much, though. No, no, not money-wise. I want to know how many picks you got in the last week. That's what I want to know. Well, that's not the point, because it's all about value, Will. That's what yeah. you don't yeah, we, we find value in the market, mate. Not just the, exactly. uh, the yeah, obvious you're, winners. You're still outside of a used car dealership looking at something <laughs> rusted and you're like, oh, value in that. <laughs> yeah, some scrap heap. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow Henry Hodgson for more takes about betting and why Alano was going to be the next caca, where can they follow you, Hodgson? <laughs> At HRG7 on Twitter. <laughs> Which is actually not correct. But anyway. Yeah, it's not correct. That's the best <laughs> no, it's not. No, your Twitter's not that. Henry Archie. Um, <laughs> Mike, if the people want to follow just, you... Just following it around, Todd. That is true. Oh, I like that. Look at that. What a gent. Um, Mike, if the people want to follow you um, for more Joel Linton takes and discussion about other more pertinent subjects in the world, where can they do that? <laughs> Uh, at Mikey Brazen on Twitter as well. Yeah, Dave. If the people want to follow you, where can they do that? Uh, at Dave Harris underscore forty four. Alternatively, you can follow him at Boys in Green sixty five, and that's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me at seventeen, but please don't please don't follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including TikTok, which Mike will be setting up very soon. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it'll just be pictures of Dave saying Diego Simone over and over again. <laughs> um. And if you want to read the betting podcast, because, um, well, not just the betting column, because, uh, I don't know, you're interested in betting or you just want to laugh, um, you can do so at inandaroundmedia.com. Um, that'll do us, won't it? Yeah. Anyone else got anything else? I think so. Yeah? No? No. If John Linton uh, could start scoring some goals, uh, the report's a bit more interesting. That would help. Yeah. He's not showed any signs of that in two seasons, Mike. I wouldn't hold any hope there, son. He hasn't. And with that said, um, sayonara. Yes, sayonara, everybody.